our sample concerns those countries which have joined the European Union since 2004, which is, uh, if you look at this picture uh, from the above, Estonia, uh, Latvia, Lithuania, uh, Poland, Czech Republic, Slovakia, Hungary, Slovenia, and those two Balkan countries which joined the EU in 2007, Romania and Bulgaria. Uh, and so, so, so we did uh, this uh, first uh, mapping of, of uh, what the situation of media looks like in, in each of these countries, and the results of this mapping will be available in form of country reports shortly in our website, so you, you'll be able to download them and, and uh, uh, take a detailed look at, at what's uh, going on there. Um, um, today, uh, as yeah, John has already announced, uh, we are going to present some preliminary outcomes and findings from uh, our respective streams of research, uh, which are related to the to issues of media autonomy and freedom, and uh, obviously to the obstacles to these qualities as well. It is very much work in progress, so please pardon the occasional inconsistencies or gaps and, uh, and uh, lack of clear-cut answers, because we are still very much uh, in, in search for these answers. And uh, we're hoping that uh, uh, your feedback might, might uh, help us uh, uh, finding those. Uh, so I will start by talking about some structural economic conditions of media performance, particularly about issues of uh, media uh, ownership uh, and its impact on media independence. And then Peter will, will present some, some um, uh, of his uh, research ideas on the issues of media freedom and, and uh, political party systems. But uh, first, as a, as a starting point for our discussions, uh, let's have a look at some uh, data concerning uh, the evolution and current state of uh, media freedom. As uh, most of you uh, probably know, there are several organizations, NGOs, uh, uh, which uh, are involved in, in mapping, examining, and, and, and uh, assessing the state of media freedom uh, all around the world. The most commonly used ones uh, are those ones uh, uh, gathered by Freedom House and uh, Reporters uh, Sans Frontiers. Uh, so I, I uh, took the liberty of, of uh, um, putting together the data concerning these 10, ten Central and Eastern European countries from 2002 until uh, the last year. And um, both of these indices of, of uh, press freedom, uh, the, the latter one more, perhaps a bit more clearly than, than the former one, uh, show that actually uh, the state of media freedom in, in uh, Central and Eastern Europe has de deteriorated uh, in the last several years. Uh, in most of the countries in, in our sample. This, as I said, this, this uh, Reporters Without Frontiers uh, index is more explicit on this, although you, you can see a differences uh, on the Freedom of the Press House index as well, although those are rather in, in a uh, amount of, uh, of several points, but, uh, but here it is more explicit. And uh, it, it's rather interesting if you compare, for example, the situation in 2004, or uh, even more, maybe 2003, the year before the uh, accession to the European Union for most of these uh, countries. Almost all of them were below the uh, level seven. Below, they were graded below seven. And just, just to remind you, the, the lower the grade, the, the better the state of media freedom. However, if you look at the situation in 2010, you can see exactly the opposite. That uh, <laughs> Actually, with the exception of Lithuania, 
all the other countries, all the nine uh, countries in our sample, are graded above number seven. So this is this is a stark uh, uh, contrast, and uh, and the one which you wouldn't expect probably, uh, because assuming that the media, the state of media freedom and the conditions for uh, freedom of the press would uh, somehow gradually improve uh, as as the process of uh, transformation uh, proceeds further, but but uh, this this hasn't happened, and uh, therefore. Uh, we believe it's it's legitimate to to ask uh, why and and to examine uh, the, the conditions for the operations of news media in a, in a more detailed way. Um, <clears throat> Since uh, I, I said I will be talking more mostly about the economic conditions for the operations of news media, I thought of uh, starting with this graph uh, comparing the. Uh, impact of uh, economic uh, of recent economic crisis on uh, the national economies in Europe. This is all the EU 27 countries. Just to remind you of the depth of the crisis, uh, and also to, to show you that the countries which were hit most severely uh, were those ones uh, in, in the eastern part of Europe, uh, the, the post-communist countries, particularly of course the Baltic states. The the uh, GDP growth was. Uh, uh, reached the, the deepest numbers uh, in, in Latvia and uh, Lithuania, Estonia obviously too. Uh, the only country which managed to maintain some sort of, although slight, even though slight, but still some sort of economic growth was Poland, miraculously, but uh, 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 the, other, the other countries have uh, uh, faced a severe, uh, severe decline, economic decline. And obviously uh, this, this kind of uh, crisis could not go without an impact on uh, advertising expenditures, which are the primary source of revenues for most of the, the new media, uh, news media. Uh, so this, this uh, shows uh, how big the, the drop was uh, for, for uh, these 10 Eastern European countries. Again, the, the Baltic countries were hit most severely. Uh, the, the drops in, in, in Latvia, the decline in Latvia and Estonia uh, was over 30% and the other countries weren't doing that much better, except for Slovenia. Again, uh, we always have some exception from, from the pattern. Uh, the other, there are following graphs uh, uh, breaking down these numbers into particular uh, media outlets. Uh, obviously, those uh, outlets which were, um, which were doing the worst in terms of uh, which, which had to uh, com, uh, cope with the decline of uh, advertising expenditures were newspapers, print media. Uh, but the television stations uh, were only slightly, slightly uh, better. In terms of internet, uh, the advertising uh, differed, varied across the board. There were some countries uh, which managed to, to maintain some level of, of uh, growth in terms of expenditures. But uh, again, majority of them suffered, suffered decline. And uh, obviously, this has translated also in the decline of uh, advertising revenues of, of uh, most newspapers. Uh, this table shows the uh, paid-for dailies, and uh, unfortunately, not for all the countries in Europe because the data is just not uh, not available for uh, all of them. But again, uh, it is rather to show the overall pattern, which which proves the uh, economic uh, uh, hardship, which which the. the, the print media suffered in most of the countries. But this is, uh, this is the last graph of this, of this kind. I won't bore you more uh, anymore with statistics. Uh, just showing how this decline of advertising revenues 
was reflected in the decline of uh, uh, circulation uh, of, of dailies. Obviously, there, were, there, there have been other reasons for the print media, uh, to, to, uh, for, for the decline of uh, circulation of print media, but uh, still we can uh, draw a, a quite reasonable parallel between the former graphs and, and, and this one. And as you, as you see, again, in most uh, countries in this region, newspapers' circulation fell down by quite uh, large numbers. But the exceptions here being the Bal Balkan countries, uh, Bulgaria and particularly Romania, which even in the times of severe crisis managed to uh, increase the uh, average circulation of, of uh, daily press by almost 20%. And uh, obviously this calls for, for explanation how it is, how it is possible, and uh, I, I hope uh, to illuminate a little bit on the reasons why, why uh, there was such a, such a big difference, such a big, uh, such a stark uh, exception which Romania uh, possesses in this, in this pattern. Uh, just to summarize, uh, there are some common trends and consequences uh, for, from, these, uh, from these figures and uh, impacts uh, on, on, on the media freedom, which we have uh, uh, noted uh, not just from secondary resources, but from, from uh, doing, conducting interviews with leading media professionals and uh, media managers in those countries. And uh, we can conclude from those that because of this, this weakening of economic base, uh, the media in uh, uh, most of the countries have become more vulnerable to both political and economic pressures. And apart from that, the journalistic autonomy is, is further jeopardized by the changing patterns of media ownership uh, with uh, the established foreign corporations leaving the regions and, and the local owners, you might call them moguls or, or oligarchs, if you will, uh, pursuing other than a business interest. Um, as for the pressure, pressures from advertisers, uh, it was quite a common story we heard uh, in our interviews uh, in very much all the countries and across the media that in consequence of the economic recession, the advertisers have pursued uh, much more aggressive strategies in terms of uh, negotiating the prices uh, for ads, but also uh, pushing for more positive editorial content and threatening to pull back uh, the ads if the coverage is negative. And uh, this, this is something which has been, of course, happening pretty much all the time. Uh, but as I said, in times of crisis, uh, it has become more difficult for most of the media to withstand these pressures and, and um, to maintain this sort of Chinese wall between the editorial uh, news department and the advertising uh, department. And uh, we have heard from, from, uh, from them, from journalists and managers, that uh, <clears throat> obviously those ones, those, those media outlets able to do so, able to withstand these pressures, were those ones with strong financial backing, uh, either because of their own position on the market, which is, for example, the case of Gazeta Wyborcza in Poland, the, the leading quality paper, which pretty much none of the advertisers, uh, advertisers can, can omit. But also because of being part of some strong transnational corporation, a foreign-owned corporation, which can support them uh, in, in these occasional fights with, uh, with the advertisers. Uh, another common feature we discovered across the region uh, is that it is not just the private companies uh, putting pressure on news media uh, through, through advertising, but also governments and government-funded uh, or, or controlled uh, companies. And uh, in this respect, it's, it makes sense to speak about political party uh, pressures or political economic pressures uh, 
since it is essentially political pressures exercised uh, by economic means. And in many countries, uh, the election uh, years uh, are those ones in which uh, political parties are becoming the most important advertisers. Uh, for example, in Romania, as you can see in 2008, uh, political parties accounted for 8% uh, of all advertising exp expenditures and were the single most biggest uh, um, uh, advertisers, just as uh, in Czech Republic, the Social Democratic Party in, in the, the year 2009. Uh, and ever more money is being spent uh, in some countries on advertising by, by state institutions, as I say, said, by ministries or governmental agencies and other bodies, uh, including state-owned companies, which often obviously bring along the pressures for, for positive PR spin uh, in favor of, of the parties in power. And this is, uh, of course, a difficult, rather difficult to prove. We, we heard those accusations uh, uh, rather secondhand, uh, but I guess the only way to, to, to really document it would be to conduct some sort of content analysis uh, uh, in the particular outlets which, which print the newspaper, uh, which print the, the, the party or state ads, and I'm, I'm hoping to do that in, in a certain stage of this project. Uh, however, what, what seems to be undisputed and, and rather proven is, is the fact that uh, a substantial part of these governmental advertising budgets are funded uh, through EU uh, structural funds. That's the story of Czech Republic, Lithuania, Slovakia, Bulgaria, and most, as I said, most uh, most countries we visited. And uh, it's it's rather an irony because uh, these are money which are obviously uh, intended for 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 the people in these countries to to to, to uh, improve their their uh, living conditions somehow. Uh, but uh, it's it is an EU requirement that the part of this budget, part of this money, is spent on advertising, on promotional PR campaigns and activities, so people know about this, these funds being available to them. But uh, what the EU probably hasn't really counted on is that uh, the governments would uh, misuse this, this uh, opportunity to haggle with the, with the particular news media for, uh, for political support. And there have been cases, for example, in Slovakia, as, I, as you can re read here, that uh, some media received those money for advertising and, and some didn't. And obviously that depended on, on their political position and the willingness to, to be nice to the government or, or not. So, so this, is, this is a common pattern. Um, as I already mentioned, uh, uh, the problems with uh, deteriorating media freedom in, in our countries might be related uh, to changing uh, media structures, ownership structures. So uh, let's have a look at uh, what, what the situation of media ownership uh, looks like uh, currently. I mean, uh, as of uh, February 2011, it, it changes all the time, so it's rather difficult to maintain track, but I, I'm, I'm trying. And uh, as you can see, um, in most countries, uh, the, the print media sector is uh, dominated by uh, foreign investors, by uh, uh, companies uh, which have a base in uh, German-speaking countries, uh, Germany, Switzerland, uh, or, even, or Austria. Uh, there are also, um, uh, also companies from uh, Scandinavian countries and uh, some obviously from, from, uh, from the rest of, uh, rest of the world. For example, the British uh, MECOM is, is uh, active in, in Poland currently. Uh, the television market is uh, obviously much more condensed and uh, dominated by fewer uh, players, the biggest being uh, Swedish-based MTG and the uh, Bermuda-based, but uh, US-funded uh, uh, Central and Eastern uh, European uh, <coughs> 
uh, what is the name? <laughs> media, media enterprises, thank you. Uh, however, uh, it is important to look not just at the full black dots in this, in this chart, but also at the, at, the, at the empty circles, and those indicate uh, companies which uh, left the markets quite, quite recently. And there have been a, a quite a number of them, and uh, I want to uh, uh, describe this trend in, 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 in more detail. Of course, there are numerous, numerous reasons why a transnational company decides to leave a market. And in case of this, the Central and Eastern Europe, it was really motivated by the declining uh, advertising revenues, but also uh, by the fact that uh, there have been some problems, internal problems at the core company, um, and other reasons. But uh, a general trend, regardless of the reasons, is that a number of quite established uh, foreign companies have, from 2006 until 2010, left uh, Central and Eastern Europe. And they have been mostly, not, not entirely, but mostly replaced by local uh, investors. Some of them, uh, and most of them, I should say, pursuing other than a business interest, uh, other than a media interest. And, and that's, that's where it became so all interesting. Uh, I think uh, I found this, this quote quite illuminating. It's, it's uh, from Bodo Hombach, the CEO of uh, the Westdeutsche Allgemeine Zeitung Media Group, one of the biggest German publishers with, uh, uh, until recently, many uh, acquisitions and many uh, outlets uh, uh, in Eastern Europe. And uh, they decided to leave East Balkans particularly. They, they left Serbia, Romania, and Bulgaria in 2010. And the explanations the Bodo Hombach gave for this uh, move, uh, for this withdrawal, was that the, the, the close intertwining of oligarchs and political power <coughs> is poisoning the market. Oligarchs in the Balkans are, are more and more buying media for themselves in order to exert political influence, not to win money. And, and uh, he claims that uh, they cannot stand up to such a market-destroying competition. And as a matter of fact, uh, um, it turned out uh, during our research that uh, in each of these countries, with the exception of Slovenia, I, again, we have always one exception from the pattern, uh, at least. <laughs> but uh, in all the other countries, you find at least one person, but usually more, who you can label, and, and uh, they, these people have been labeled as media moguls or oligarchs. <laughs> and uh, I tried uh, summarizing the most important ones in this table, uh, which has two columns. On the left one, there are people who, the owners who pursue mainly media interests. Their main, their main area of economic uh, involvement is, is the media sector. While on the right side, there are people who own media just as sort of, sort of a, a side job. And, uh, uh, their main assets are somewhere else in, in other uh, industry areas. And the reason why I uh, highlighted them, uh, some of them red is that that indicates that these people belong to the richest, to the five, at least five richest people in uh, each of the country. Uh, I don't think I have too much time left for... No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's very that if you could... Yeah, sure. So, so rather than uh, going too much into detail about this, these particular oligarchs, uh, I will try to... Well, skip skip to, through, through the pictures. Uh, <laughs> Should we get a chance to vote for that? 
No, I, I just thought of showing you, so, so you know who I'm talking about. Um, the common denominator of, of these people is, as I said, they belong to the most, to the, to the richest people in, in, in each of the countries. This, this guy, for example, is the second richest Czech businessman and one, one on the Forbes 1000 more, uh, most of the richest people in the world. They have their major interests elsewhere in, in, in uh, business, uh, uh, in other business sectors. They control or own either directly or indirectly influential uh, media outlets in, in each country. And they all have certain political alignments, again, either explicit or implicit. They, they might be sponsors of political parties, as is the case of, for example, Gabor Selesh, who is sponsor of Fidesz. They might be running for their own uh, political careers. Uh, for example, <laughs> Dan Wojcielescu is a chairman of the Romanian uh, Humanist Party, or which became Conservative Party uh, later. <laughs> Later, he has been senator in, uh, since 2004. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Doesn't need much of explanation, I guess. <laughs> this is the last one, I promise. Uh, yeah, the first woman. Uh, that's good to have uh, her own woman represented in this uh, in this group. Uh, but unfortunately, she's the most vicious of, of them all. <laughs> <laughs> or rather to say, in her, in her case, the media, which, which are controlled by Irena Krasteva and the new Bulgarian media group, display the, 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 the highest level of political and business instrumentalization, as, as we can uh, call it. In other words, they are directly uh, uh, controlled by Irena Krasteva and her son, Delian Pievsky, who is an MP uh, and, and former, uh, former minister of the government. And uh, those, those dailies are very much propaganda outlets for certain political, uh, political streams and uh, also for certain uh, businessmen aligned with those, with those streams. Could you Sorry? bring it to an end, Vaslav? Sure. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah. So I will, finish, come back to I will finish with this picture, uh, because this is what, what it all comes down to. It's, uh, we are trying to uh, detect certain common trends and, and uh, systemic uh, features, and, and, and it seems uh, rather clear that in Eastern Europe uh, we are witnessing this collusion of, of these three sectors, media, politics, and business, which in Western Europe, uh, or in ideal world, should be, should be separated. They are ne never fully separated, but uh, at least on the surface, but while in, in Eastern Europe, because of the activities of these oligarchs and moguls, uh, they seem to be overlapping uh, and impersonated by, by uh, these figures which I, which I presented, uh, presented earlier. So we can speak of business parallelism, which is a term we, we use to describe this collusion of, of uh, media and business interests. But also we can see uh, features of uh, what can be called Berlusconization. Uh, uh, you know the figure of, of, of Italian Prime Minister who uh, owes his obviously a part of uh, his uh, political power to, to his previous business career and, and media ownership. So I just wanted to present a few examples of figures which uh, uh, might be uh, labeled uh, the, the same uh, in the same category. Okay, I'm very sorry to, to, to be late. Uh, I have to give some space to, to uh, Peter, but I'm sure we can get to uh, uh, some more interesting stuff during the discussion. Thank you very much.